do a little trumpet noise now when we start episodes is that how we're starting episodes cleveland yeah <laughs> do, do would you like a trumpet fair as you enter the room with, uh, it's just gonna become game of thrones in this bitch jesus oh don't get me started on that even though i have plenty of got to talk about today because there's so much to compare with the witcher and ideas moving forward and i'm i was i was waiting for you to bring up got like i was like how far into this episode will he get before he makes the first Game of Thrones reference. Is that minute, two minutes? And like I like I went over. I said like a minute and a half. So you you I lost my own bet because you did it within what the first minute? <laughs> yeah. Well that's the thing. Like Game of Thrones, Witcher, and Lord of the Rings for me, like it's impossible for me to mention one of those things without like like it's very rare that at some point by the end of the conversation, like I haven't mentioned the other two things as well. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, and that's, and that's under, that, that's fair. Cause like, I'm actually right now I'm listening to the Lord of the Rings audiobooks. Which one? And so, uh, Fellowship. Oh, Fellowship, I just, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm working on Fellowship right now. I'm um, like, I'm like, I hope it's not Cimmerillion. <laughs> no, dude, dude, I just need like, I need like a, like a chart just reading this one book. Like I'm, they're referencing people that I didn't even know existed. And then like, they would go on this long diatribe. Yeah, and then we we're still in the fucking Shire, like we haven't gone anywhere. And I was like, "What? What was the last fourteen minutes for? Yeah, oh, just some right. random song you wanted to sing? <laughs> okay, I guess that makes sense." <laughs> so it's definitely like I watched. So I was listening to the Fellowship of the Ring. Then I watched uh, this Witcher movie, which we we're going to talk about. And now it's instantly making me want to go back to Game of Thrones. Yeah, no, it's I, like this, this, this triad of perfection. Yeah, for real. And it's like, it, it don't get me wrong to anyone who's listening who might have gotten rubbed the wrong way. I love all Lord of the Rings. Steven can attest to to you guys like he was we were literally working in the office together together before COVID. And at like a certain point, remember, I told you, Stephen, like I'm rereading the Cimmerillion right now. Like, and I, I honestly, I asked you what's wrong. Like, I thought it was like your depression method. Like, this is what you do to like do self inflicted pain. I'm like, anyone who's ever read the Cimmerillion has either come out more confused, <laughs> they've changed their entire perspective on life, or are just lost in the woods for four months like it never come there's no good that comes out of that book i feel like like well no good like i i, I quite I, I get what you're saying obviously i know you're exaggerating um I have, yes but like so like yeah that's kind of i mean i kind of have a similar viewpoint i'm not gonna lie like i did come out of that confused about a lot of things like i had to reread that book like 15 times just to understand like 10 percent of it um but for me i think my my favorite, well, obviously, a lot of people's favorite story is obviously Baron and Luthien. Um, I love that fucking story. Like, that that story in itself, when I got to it, like, let me put it this way. Like, The Cimmerillion is such a ponderous read, or such a tedious read, that, like, <laughs> when you get to a certain part that's super exciting, you don't even want to leave that part again. Because you're like, okay, like, how much more boring shit am I going to have to read through before I find something exciting again? So, like, when I got to the Baron and Luthien story, I reread that, like, 
50 times and like i refuse to somehow he muted himself i don't know how he did that Cleveland, oh, I'm sorry. Did I mute, mute myself? All right. You just muted yourself in the middle of your like diatribe about this favorite section of the book. <laughs> it's know. like the book didn't want you to talk about it. Like, don't it, tell them about the good parts. Tell them about the <laughs> shitty parts. <laughs> so true. So true. Uh, JR, if you're out there somewhere, like my bad, dude. I'm just, I'm just being honest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, long story short, like Baron and Luthien, like I literally we'll reread that over and over and over again, just because I'm like, okay, this is one of the juiciest tidbits we get in the entire book. And like, I'm afraid what comes after this. <laughs> oh God. Well, anyway, guys, just quick intro. Welcome to another episode of limitless otaku. I am one of your bumbling leaders here, Steve, to tell you more. About <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm also the old confused man who doesn't know how to say the social medias or the, the Instagrams and the Twitters along here with my pain in the, you know, pain in the butt Cleveland over here telling me I'm an idiot. So I would never. Yeah, you did on a daily basis. You found every way possible to throw me under the bus. That's a lie. Uh, but anyway, in this week's episode, we're going to be doing something a little different like we talked about is we're going to be focusing on just one topic today, and that is going to be Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf, which is, if you don't know, is an animated movie on Netflix that follows the story of Vesemir from a child into becoming a witcher and then just kind of I, like a... Hey, Stephen, mate. What? I don't give a monkeys. Oh, I don't <laughs> tell me you don't give a monkeys. <laughs> Oh my god, not this phrase again. <laughs> We're talking can winter, we, you know I gotta bring it up. I know, but can we wait? Can we just wait no. a little longer? No, we can. Okay, fine, we can wait, go ahead. No, it's already happened. No, 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 no go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll bring it up later. <laughs> I know you will, I know you will. Good god, don't give up monkeys. <laughs> anyway, so this is about Vesemir as a child going into becoming a witcher, and then some of the, some of his early escapades. Um... I was, when I first, uh, actually, you know, before we get into that, uh, Cleveland, what have you been up to? What, have you been reading anything, uh, watching anything, playing anything, anything interesting going on on your end of the world? Um, yeah, uh, I, well, Jujutsu Kaisen recently finally came back off of a long hiatus. So uh, I've been reading on that, um, Black Clover, uh, My Hero Academia. My Hero Academia right now, well, Jujutsu Kaisen, really all three of them, really. <laughs> all three of them are at, like, crazy plot points right now where it's just, like, like nothing will ever be the same, and it, it has the readers on the edge of their seats because not only has the plot taken, like, crazy changes for all three series and, like, very dark changes, but, like, you're at a point in the plot, in the overall, like, timeline of the story, where, like, as a reader, you're wondering, like, how many more chapters do we have left of this? You like know? you kind of feel like you're getting to the end of the, yeah, end of the rope or, like, the bottom of the barrel, and you're like, I don't want, like, I know the end is coming, but you don't want the end to come? Right. Like, I know Jujutsu Kaisen, the end is literally right around the corner. Jujutsu, Jujutsu Kaisen, the, the writer even said, like, there isn't that much left. Uh, I think the writer said maybe like half left, maybe half. Um, it was either, yeah, I think maybe like 50% of the story has been told, maybe more. I could be wrong on that, but I do know like it's widely known in the 
Jujutsu Kaisen community that there's not that much left. My Hero Academia is the biggest what if, because on one hand, like the writer makes it seem like there's not much left, but on the other hand, it's like the most popular TV. It's like the most popular anime that's still running they have right now. So it's like, it's a cash cow and I, I really don't see them ending it you know, anytime soon because of that. And we still haven't had like the significant time jump that shows us how Deku becomes the number one hero. You know what I mean? So yeah. Like, like, I think that's what everyone's like itching for. Cause like, even right. though like he has all, he has um all might's power, he still doesn't really fully know how to control all of it. Yeah. And well, so like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, like, no, right. From, from, from that's just from what I know. Cause I've just been watching the anime and it's just been, like he only just unlocked like an extra portion of it like recently. Yeah. So, so where are you in the anime? Um, I'm at the part where they're where he where it's uh, Deku, uh, Bakugo, and oh, who's the fire and ice dude? He's like one of my favorites. And I forgot his name. Todoroki. Todoroki are working with Endeavor as oh. they're doing like an internship. Dude, and it's kind of like the end of their internship. Oh, so, oh yeah, so you're the, you're you're recent in the anime. Yeah, yeah, no, I've I've been watching up to you know wherever is up to it. I've actually oh, like, that been means... forcing myself to like do the subbed. Yeah, and I think like I've been waiting to tell you. Like I've been gathering like proof yes. that I watched subbed. Yeah, and I wanted to present it to you. And be like <laughs> I watched this anime on subbed. I watched this anime on subbed, and like. Just to prove to you, I'm growing. I'm growing as an anime fan. I'm so I'm proud not, of you. I'm not up to Naruto level where I can read sub to watch an action scene and fully understand everything. <laughs> and like, I'm not that far, but you know, I'm like at like baby steps. It's like baby step anime production or hey, progress. Hero <laughs> claps, bro. Hero claps. I, I, I love it. Have you seen? For. So, so I'm gonna ask you. My next question is: Did you get a chance since you're already caught up? Like. Did you just start this season on the subbed, or did you get a chance to watch the Endeavor High and Nomu fight subbed? I haven't watched that one subbed, but knowing after watching a couple other things in subbed, I feel like I need to go back to that fight and yeah, watch it in sub because so it just dude. seems like it would just crank it all the way up to eleven for me. It does. I love that fight to begin with. I thought it was an amazing fight, but I was just so in. I was so like sucked into just the battle that I was like, I can't even picture trying to read subtitles at the same time as this. No, I, I think, feel you. I think that one I might go back and rewatch again just, yeah. to, just to watch it for fun. Yeah, no, I, I feel you like being so absorbed with the fight. Like I remember watching that the first time I watched it live, like in my living room, um, the, you know, the part where after Endeavor, you know, does what he does. And then everyone's yeah. looking up to the sky and they're like slack jawed. I was slack jawed with him. Yeah, no, like that part was just—I was blown away. And I like, was, like, I was I slack jawed, and I, I knew like, it was I coming. I don't know if he's gonna make it. Like, I'm at that point where I didn't have any of the back knowledge you had, and yeah. so I was like, I don't think he's—I think this is end of endeavor. Like, that's what I thought, honestly. Right. No, and that's what I thought when I was reading it. Like, I thought maybe he would get his redemption through that, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm glad that they went the route that they did. But uh, honestly, Steve-O, here's something for you that you'll want to hear. You're actually more caught up on the anime than I am. Like okay, I'm cur- this, this part needs to be like, like <laughs> clipped and framed on my wall. 
forever, so like, and I could just play it and hear that every morning as I go into work and be like, I achieved one thing already, and I don't even I didn't even start anything. So I'm caught up on the the manga, but with the anime, I was caught up, and then I missed like three or four weeks in a row, like maybe well maybe not three or four that's a little bit of an exaggeration but like two or three weeks in a row yeah and i got to the point where i was like you know what like how about i just wait until the season's over and just binge it and just binge it oh yeah so that's kind of what i'm doing i'm like dude you know what like it comes out once a week anyway as long as i have that manga to read like once a week like that'll satisfy me and then when the season is finally over like it's going to be such a satisfying feeling to be able to just binge that in like a weekend that'll be yeah no i i i understand that aspect too because like that that feeling of just being able to like sit down and have a planned weekend to yeah. just dive into a good story is just right. something that, like i've been missing for such a long time just because yeah. like with all the stuff like now that my wife and i are, have been both vaccinated um we're now trying to go see our family more and just you know spend more time with our cousins and whatever but right. it's like everything for the last like two months has just been insanity so we haven't gotten a chance to do anything like that but like um i definitely there's a couple shows i've been trying to get into um i've been trying to get more into naruto one of the like i saw this really funny tiktok where it was like uh this girl being like if you don't like this show then try this show because it's like similar or whatever and she says naruto and then it says try again so just like pretty much telling you to like you know just do it again and so i was like you know what maybe if i do actually like try to watch it as like suggested by fans like you know watch from this episode watch from like episode one to whatever for that story arc and then go to the ne next story arc and like skip all of the filler episodes. I feel like might be a possibility for me, but I don't know if there's like little, I don't know if there's like little pieces within those filler episodes that would then make no. the overall story more important. No, there's not. Um, and like, I, I can think that's my, that's my problem with Naruto because I feel, because I, I always love to find little Easter eggs within the story that then are referenced later. Mm -hmm. Even though it only brings me joy, I just love it. And so that's where that's where I know I don't like skipping episodes. I feel like if I start a series, I should start from one and finish on the final one. Yeah, no, I feel you. And it, and it's also hard if you're not familiar with like the manga and you're just an anime only, it's hard for you to kind of decipher where the filler starts and where it ends. And and to be honest, there are I'll be honest with you, towards the end of Naruto, like the very, very end of Naruto Shippuden, um, there were some of the best fillers I've ever seen in my life on Eddie's show. Like, towards the end, like, they did some fillers on Kakashi and Itachi and, um, like, some other characters that you'll meet, you know, later. Um, and, like, they were the best fillers. Like, they actually added a lot of detail and a lot of, like, context to the backstory. But that's towards the end, ship it in. And those are fillers that you're going to want to watch because those are action-filled, very exciting, keep you on the edge of your seat, and it'll tell you the backstory of certain characters that you didn't know before, but all the fillers in like the actual like Naruto show that comes before Shippuden, it's trash. Oh, okay. Like, and it, it, you don't need to know it. Like any relevant data that will be, or relevant info that'll be in those fillers, you'll see it in the actual canon episodes too. Like you gotta, you gotta keep in mind Naruto is like Dragon Ball Z. One of those shows where they keep replaying the same fucking scenes over and over and over again. Yeah, and, like, so I think what I might do is 
I might like do get like a printout of like, you know, this is, these are the episodes to watch for this. Yeah. These I, are I was going to say, do that. I did that. And, and I like, know they and have just, it. And just like dive into it that way. Cause I think if I just, cause that's been my real issue is if there's ever been an anime with too many fillers, I always just jump ship right away. Cause I'm like, I right. don't have time for this pointless bullshit. I just want to go back to the story and the action. And so that's where I really need to, I think skip all the filler and then I may actually enjoy it. But the main thing is the reason why I've had like this uptick in wanting to like watch more anime in subbed and not dubbed is I was talking to my siblings recently and there was a couple of shows where like we all watched them either subbed or dubbed. And we were watching like, for example, we watched Cowboy Bebop, which was a huge show on Toonami uh, Adult Swim. And like we, we watched that entire show on Toonami, like from episode one to the end. And that was we only ever watched that in dubbed. And so then when we try to watch it in subbed, it just sounds really weird to us. Like it just mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't sound like the right show. It sounds like the wrong audio track for the show. You're right. And so but then there's other shows we've watched where it's only we've only ever watched it subbed. And then we tried to watch it in dubbed and it sounds like, you know, nails on a chalkboard. And so yeah. like we were going back through talking about all those different shows. And then I also had recently watched uh, there are two movies on Netflix uh, that are Rurouni Kenshin that are live mm-hmm. action. Mm-hmm. it's like the beginning and then the finale and it's just you know more uh live action anime but it's actually fairly well done in a very darker mode where if you know Roroni kenshin it's when he's actually the batosai manslayer and he is actually an assassin during that time killing people and then he slowly finds you know love and you know happiness in his life so it's actually a very well done show i thought and I watched, and the only way to watch that is subbed. And so, like, I watched, you know, four hours of Roroni Kenshin all subbed with action scenes. So I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. Maybe I'm not, you know, a horribly <laughs> handicapped human like I thought I was. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome, man. Welcome to the dark side, dude. <laughs> exactly. Now I'll be the one with the monocle in the corner with my little cigar being like, oh, do you watch the dubbed or the subbed? Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me i believe my porter has run dry (laughs) i don't know why that made me think of the family guy flashback when uh stewie's talking to like the old uh business guy about stocks you remember that (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) oh yes 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 indubitably 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 yeah indeed (laughs) indeed oh Oh, i seem to have combusted into fire oh that's terrible news Dude, that show, I'm sorry, no show in existence has or ever will have better flashback scenes than Family Guy. That show was so good on its prime, and then later in the years, it just got really fucking weird and dark. Yeah, because they tried to, like, go, like, crazy outside the box when, like, the funny parts about Family Guy were actually, like, the subtle parts. You know, like, they did subtle humor really well. Like, like yeah. the whole, like, the whole, like, hey, your Hooters ain't bad either. What? PETA? I'm, 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 wait, I'm holding Hooters. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry, pal. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Your wife's hot. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so good. That's so subtle. And it's such as it's funny. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no. And so, um, so yeah, so I've been watching those animes, and then um, a little update on our house. Uh, so they accepted the offer, like I said last week. Yeah, and uh, we had our home inspection, and so uh, 
the home inspection guy was like, hey, you can come for the last hour of it. If you have any questions, I'll answer anything that I can. And that way you can know what's going on if there's if you want to make any improvements or change anything, yada, yada, yada. And so I was like, cool. And so I showed up and we were going to through the inspection and he goes, oh, I got to check to make sure the water runs and make sure it like, you know, drains out of the house correctly and everything. And so I was like, cool. Alrighty, let's get that going. And as he's he's running the water for a while, and then I notice that the sink has the stopper in it. And so I'm like, oh, the, the, the sink doesn't have the, it's not draining. And he goes, oh, pull the stopper out. And he checked the bathtub. And he's like, oh, this one's also stoppered. And so he pulls it. And as we both pull the drain, we both hear running water in the basement. Like water hitting the concrete floor in the basement. Oh. And I was like, is that just how loud the water is as it leaves the building? Like, I feel like that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, um, let me go check it. And so he like, <laughs> kind of like hurriedly walks to the basement. And I was like, hmm, this is a concern. <laughs> and so I just hear him go, huh, that's not supposed to do that. And I come down into the basement and it is just a geyser of water in my basement. Holy shit. And I'm like, was it like a burst pipe or something? No. Um, he's like, I don't think the main, like the water, like, um, the main water line out to the sewer pipe. Mm -hmm. He's, he said, I'm pretty sure it's clogged. And I was like, what do you mean it's clogged? He goes, well, like there's something in it that's preventing all the water flow. Cause all the water you're seeing come out on the floor right now is all the water that's in the house. And I was like, (gasps) Oh, can you well, that's fix it? Nice. And he goes, well, I don't right. fix things. I just inspect them and tell them <laughs> if it's broken or not. And he goes, that that's broken. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, so what do I do now? Because <laughs> I have no <laughs> right. idea what the hell I'm doing. I'm buying a house for the first time. I don't know all these steps. Yeah. And he's like, well, you're, you're definitely going to want, want the, the seller to fix that before you buy the house. And I was like, well, yeah, obviously. That would probably well, be yeah. you know, a number one. I'm not fixing Right, yeah, I'm not fixing it. <laughs> and so we had to like write up like this amendment letter to the seller to be like, hey, we need you know this list of things fixed before we'll buy the house. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so like we heard back from him today saying that you know oh we fixed that that water uh, the that main sewer line pipe so that should be fine. Uh, and they mentioned all this other stuff that they're gonna do, and I'm just like, well. Well, but did you though? Like, I, I right. want to trust you. Like, I want to hope for the goodness in humanity and assume right. that you did what you said. But I'm like, could you like prove it to us that you fixed it? <laughs> like, can I come and check it and like, yeah. you know, run water for like 20 minutes and then let it flush all the down together? Right. But um, as I was talking to the home inspector guy, he was like telling me like what it could be. And he was like, well, it was probably when they were doing the installation and putting up the new drywall and whatever. And, you know, putting that like uh, paste stuff over the creases so you don't see the lines of each, you know, what uh, drywall board. He's like, they were probably just cleaning their tools in the sink and it just went down the pipe. And then no one's been living here for the last three weeks or however long. And it just hardened up and just made like a little dam on the inside. And that's what was causing the the flow. And it just there was nothing to like break through it. And he's like, that that could be the easy answer. <laughs> no, what's the what's the what's the... <laughs> the bad answer is the sewer line connecting my house to the main city sewer. That pipe is broken underneath oh, hell the ground no. and needs to be dug oh. up and replaced. And I was like, I wish you hadn't had told me that. Because I don't right. want to think about that. <laughs> That's the no, worst dude. possible option. 
Yeah, so though you're gonna need fucking King Shark to go down there to fix know, that shit right? for you. Jeez Louise! And so <laughs> or uh, like, what's the what's the what's the other guy's name? The alligator? Oh, uh, Killer Croc. Killer Croc. Yeah, you need Killer Croc to get in there for you. Well, the only Killer Croc I accept is from uh, uh, Suicide Squad when he does his little shimmy down the stairs. <laughs> this little like oh yeah that's all right i'm a shark i should act like one he shimmers down the stairs for no real reason right <laughs> but yeah so like i so that that's my other big news is uh we're we're slowly getting to the process of closing and so then hopefully maybe i get your next, point though yeah so it's, um it's just been a i get your po- no i get your point about wanting the proof from them though because um like you have to look at it because like i've been in a situation where like like uh I've been in a situation where you have to like remodel your place because you're getting ready to rent it out or sell it. Um, and it's like, like you have the inspection in mind the whole time. And as like a seller, like, or as a buyer, it would make me skeptical too, because I'd be like, dude, there's no way they didn't know they needed to fix this. And like, they didn't like, like there's no way they didn't know that like it would be in their best interest, like from a, uh, I don't know how to put it from like a PR standpoint to have everything like, brand new or you know redone and reworked what needs to be reworked and pretty much just have your place looking like a brand new place um before you sell it but then like the fact that they didn't do it it makes you wonder like were they trying to get get one over on us you know what i mean well yeah and like that was the other thing is like i because like i it seems common sense to me like i would never even think of selling a place without like going through like extensive remodeling right before I sell it to make it look as fresh as possible before I sell it. Yeah. And the, and the great thing about this house is like, um, and I think I mentioned this on the last couple episodes was um, when they, when the, when the sellers bought it, um, it was legitimately studs. There was nothing in there. Like everything was ripped out, like electrical plumbing, like everything was gone. And so he had to do all of that, himself and he like he mentioned said he's an actually licensed contractor so i'm assuming he knows the code and he knows what he's doing and he's not gonna you know sell me a house that shit but that's just me hoping once again for the goodness of humans but um, yeah i've been burned before so uh yeah <laughs> we'll just and i've, and I've and heard see. and i've heard stories man um the person who because you know i um i got my spot remodeled recently and like the the painter was just an individual guy I know he's he's just like a homie he's really good, um, and he was telling me he's telling me stories all the time about being hired by like contractors who, like like for example he told me this one time he went to a place uh, for like a, a realtor or whatnot and they were he was like all right what do you want me to fix up and like they showed him everything that he wanted him like they wanted him to fix up or whatever. At the end, he's like, "Oh, what about the that staircase?" And like, the staircase was really bad, dude. Like, really bad. Like, almost like a safety hazard bad. And the guy's like, "Well, how much would it be?" And he's like, "Well, this is how much it would be if you want it done the right way." And he's like, "Well, what's the wrong way?" He's like, "The wrong way, I can make it look really like pretty up front, but the foundation is going to be weak, and they'll probably need to get it repaired at some point in the near future." And the realtor literally looked him dead in the eyes and was like. I don't need them to notice the foundation. Like they, as long as they notice like how good it looks, like, like they can take care of the rest after I sell it to them. <laughs> like, oh like literally just told them. <laughs> like, so you, yeah, it's, it's always good to be cautious in that shit because like, like y- you never know what's going on in someone's head. Yeah, no. And that's true. And so like, we're, we're currently at the point now where we're talking to our, our real estate agent and we're just like, um, 
can we hire, like, we understand we're not asking the seller to do this, but can we like hire someone to go to the house and like scope the entire pipe to make sure it's not broken or it's not a problem. It's going to be an issue in four years. Um, just so that way we know what we're getting into kind of. Um, yeah. But like I said, it's it, we're everything else is we're, we're pretty much on the green light minus this one, you know, major pipe issue. Uh, yeah. The only funny thing is the guy that was like doing the home inspection was kind of a he was he was a pretty cool guy and he did a great job. But he kept referring to the main sewer main pipe as the shit pipe. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately, he just referred. He's like, "Yeah, you're probably gonna want to. We're probably gonna have to dig up that shit pipe and you know put in a new shit pipe because you know you don't really want a broken shit pipe." And I was like, "What the fuck do you keep calling it a shit pipe?" And he goes, "Well, if you think about it, your shit goes out of it." And I was like, "Okay, but like, can we not call it a yeah. shit pipe?" And he goes, "No, that's the like, thing. yeah, like that's the only thing I legitimately refer to it as." And I was like, "How do you write reports?" And he goes, "I have a lot of auto check, a lot of a lot of." Double <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> I just want to know what report he's ever sent out, and they're like, "Excuse me, what is what is a shit pipe?" And he goes, "Fuck, <laughs> I missed one." <laughs> See, dude, that dude sounds awesome. See, like, whenever I hear inspector, immediately all I think about is like the really creepy dude from "I Pronounce You Chuck and Larry." Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> That's all I think about when I hear inspectors. <laughs> yeah, no, but like it's and so like it was. Uh, so like the whole inspection process was fine, uh, but like it was just like having water gushing into my basement was kind of a concern. So that's kind of something we're gonna have to keep an eye out going forward. So I hear you. All right, so on to what we're actually gonna talk about, guys. Uh, sorry for that little rant, but um, to be fair, what we're about to talk about is literally like an hour and a half anime movie. We don't need to spend like our full episode talking about yeah, it. No, like I was um, actually worried that this episode was gonna be like thirty minutes long, and we were gonna be like, right, uh, enjoy. <laughs> Right. So we're here to talk about um, The Witcher, uh, the recent prequel anime film that came out, um, The Witcher Nightmare of of the Wolf. Uh, And let me just start off. um, We can get into like details of what we liked or didn't like, but just like, I think it would be cool if we both just kind of give our overall kind of initial reaction to it or initial thought about it. And I loved it, dude. I loved every second of it. I loved um, the voice acting, we talked about this before we started recording. Theo James, uh, Laura Pulver, uh, Graham McTavish, they, they, like, they were all spectacular. Um, you brought up Graham, and specifically Steven, and like I agree with you. That dude is phenomenal. He doesn't get nearly enough work. Um, he, he like, even though his character McDo- or Dougal in Outlander is like does some really shady shit that really pisses you off, he's easily one of my favorite characters. He brings like intensity to every scene he's in. Um, and when you hear him as just like strictly just like a voice actor, like he's perfect. Like I assume his Witcher character was from uh, Skelliger. Um, I, I think he's from Skelliger Island. Like, if, if that's where they're saying his character's from, then that voice acting was, like, perfectly casted. Because, like, Skelliger, like, their accent is very close to, like, the accent of, like, like back in the day of, like, the Scottish Highlanders. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that, that was actually... I didn't, I didn't know all of that part, but... Um, yeah, Skelliger is, like, the Viking territory of the Witcher world. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, just just so you guys know, like Cleveland is the the scholar when it comes to Witcher. Like he he loves it, and I generally go to him with any of my questions. But no, for me as well. Like from the beginning, I actually thought it was an anime series. 
Um, I thought it too, like, man. I was I, bummed I when it wasn't. I forget what day I watched it, but I just remember I sat down and I just binged it all in a day. But I watched the first, I was like watching it and I was like, oh crap, I got to go like move my laundry or something. And so I paused it and it said like, you know, an hour of an hour and 40 minute movie. And I was like, wait, what? It's like, this is a really long intro episode. And then I like went back to the title screen. And I was like, oh shit, this is a movie? Damn it. <laughs> and so like I was really bummed out about that because like I was just like thinking, um, like this was just going to be like Castlevania, which is another one of my favorite shows. And like, I'm like itching to go back and watch that one again for the third time. Like, it's just such an amazing, well done show. Um, it really is. And this, this, uh, this Witcher anime. Oh, and, is the, like, and, and Theo James. And Theo, Theo and, James would be yeah, in that too. Theo James is in that too, which is like, if, if anyone's trying to think of who that is, is he's actually the main, he plays four in uh the divergent series and so like that was i actually just found that out before we recorded today i was like oh that's it's from divergent i think and like it was it was just kind of a blast it was just kind of shocked also 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 underworld shout out yeah underworld Underworld, shout out underworld shout out yes 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 we will (laughs) someday i'll go back and rewatch those movies it's been a while since i've seen dude they're cold classics i'm not like i'm not not throwing any shade towards them like at all i've just no 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 i know I know it's like poorly reviewed and like I don't disagree with that. Even when I was a kid watching it for the first time, like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really care about reviews. Mm-hmm. But like even when I was a kid, I was watching this thinking like this is just all accent, like a- action, like most of this plot is shit. Like the mythology part of it was fascinating, but most of like the actual like film plot just sucked. <laughs> but just the action, the 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 myth behind like the mythos behind it and Kate Beckinsale is Celine like. Yeah, you just can't beat that. No, and like I, I 100% agree. I'm pretty sure that was one of the few moments in my childhood I remember as like you know puberty hitting me hard, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I have feelings. Those are interesting. Um, oh, I remember mine exactly, but it's not good for. No, no, uh, no. We can't. We can't. I, I, I don't want to put that on recording. <laughs> no, I, and and I can't share that for several reasons. Of <laughs> and I don't want to lose any friends. So. <laughs> but um but no like so from from the get-go like i the the art style was amazing in this series in this in this movie the music so good dude so precise the music just pulls you in it's like every part of it i loved so you know what for me for animation whether it's you know um and by the way this was I believe this animation was actually done by like a like a hybrid Korean American animation company, like a South Korean um, American animation. Like I think it was like a collaboration, which is pretty cool. Um, if you if for people that don't know, like Korea is really on the come up when it comes to animation. Um, South Korea, like Stephen, most of those popular manhwas that we read, yeah, they're all Korean. No, I've I've noticed that with because um, I've been. Well, I've been reading uh, Teenage Mercenary or Mercenary Enroll or Teenage Enrollment or whatever it yeah. is. Um, and there's like notes in it that's like, oh, this term means this in Korean. And I was like, oh, that's it, it's nice that they add that in there. Just kind of give a little bit more clarification as to what the hell you're yeah. reading about. <clears throat> exactly. Um, so uh, like for me, um, remember I told you a couple days ago because you watched it before I watched mm-hmm. it, actually. Um, and I told you, so like I went into this when I heard that they were making this announcement that they were going to do a Witcher prequel film or they were doing a, a Witcher prequel animation. Like I was so ecstatic, like, like over the moon ecstatic. I didn't know if it was going to be a series or a movie. When I found out it was a movie, I was like, oh, that sucks. But like, we're still getting a movie. This is dope. Um, 
I went into it wondering, like, I didn't want to get spoiled by, like, the trailers or anything like that. So I had no idea what the prequel was going to be about other than that it was covering Vesemir, like a young Vesemir. So, like, I was trying to figure out, like, what plot they could possibly do. And I, like, as I was telling you, I thought maybe they were going to go with the the plot that was teased in the Witcher 3 video game DLC, which is, um, I think it's the Hearts and, it's either Hearts or Roses or Hearts and Thorns, something like that. I don't remember what the name of the DLC is, but I played it like 50,000 times. So like, I, I don't realize how, I don't, I don't know how I'm not remembering it, but like, I, I played it a bunch. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's a specific scene where uh, Geralt is in an auction like an auction house uh-huh. and uh you have to go up like as part of the mission you have to go up to specific characters there's like three characters total and you have to go up to them and each of them has like a task or like a mission or something that you have to complete in order to get them to like side with you or get the get the take the advantage over them in terms of what uh item you should purchase from the auction um and one of the characters you go up to is a woman Geralt goes up to as a woman, and this is after Vesemir has died in the games by. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't played the games. Like, <laughs> Vesemir dies. Um, but this is after Vesemir dies. And so he's still kind of just like in Geralt's memory, so to speak. And or, or maybe it was just after he died because that's the order in which I played the DLC. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, but anyway, he meets this girl, and he finds out that she's like a former lover of Vesemir. Which, like, shocks Geralt because the Vesemir we see at the time of Witcher 3, really throughout the Witcher books, he is um, very fatherly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's like the old, cautious, grumpy old man, like, he, he, very conservative, very... He doesn't seem like the type that was, like, a party animal, you know what I or mean? Like, or, he's, uh, or he's, like, to that point in his life where he's just living like he's just existing he's not he's not looking for like attachments anymore he's just more or less right waiting until the grim reaper comes and takes him (laughs) (laughs) right oh that's actually like a perfect description actually um yeah so uh so gerald is like shocked when he hears the story she tells him the story about how like she was like this noble girl and varamir was like there was like a monster in her town and varamir was hired to like kill the monster and then her and varamir had like some crazy romantic night maybe it was more than one night i don't remember the exact details but pretty much she said like we had like a fling and it was like a electric like like uh powerful fling like vesemir was pretty much one of her like her lost loves and then i believe like they made a promise that they were gonna like see each other again and then it was kind of tragic because like they couldn't see each other again because you know vesemir died so i thought maybe they were gonna show us that in the prequel like, they were just going to show, like, oh, Vesemir, you know, meeting this girl that was talked about in the DLC. But instead, we got something so much better, which was the Sack of Karamoran. Yeah, which to me, so for, for anyone who doesn't know, Karamoran is pretty much like the base of witchers. Like, that's where they go during the winter time to pretty much recover from a from the entire summer, spring, and fall of fighting demons. And then they bring all their money back and kind of pretty much put it into a pot. And like that's just what's supposed to sustain them for the next coming year, and so it's kind of a way for them to survive. Um, but this is also where they go to create new witchers, and it's just it's so beautiful to see what Caramoran looked like because like if you've played mm-hmm. Witcher Three, you're at, you see Caramoran there, but it's pretty much just like a a rubble building, like it doesn't look it's not some grand no. building. It just looks more or less like a no. 
you know an abandoned building like like it's it's huge yeah, it's, it's, Don't it's huge but every but everything just looks worn down and you know like brittle yeah. because it is exactly. everything it, is it's, it's, you know centuries old and it hasn't been taken care of and and that kind of stuff and so like seeing like what how it would have been with like you know millions of witchers existing together or not millions but thousands of witchers coming together to be like you know seeing this all these people come back together was just amazing to me was just seeing like oh there's yeah. more than just four witchers it's like there's actually like right. an army of them coming together with all their same powers yeah, and that's why I thought this series, like, this move, actually, like, we both are in agreement that we would have preferred a television series, but this move, in my opinion, because of the plot that they had, was the perfect move, and it makes me so excited for the future of studios that have these really successful series that are based off of source materials that are either, like, the manga or, you know, the books, or, you know, the comic books, whatever yeah, source exactly, material comes yeah. from, like they have an opportunity to show certain, uh, maybe certain plot points or certain stories, prequel stories, side stories that like are very dear to the fan base and very much wanted for the fan base. But it's just like, for whatever reasons, whatever contributing factors, it's too hard for them to give you a, like a box office, you know, commercial film instead just give us an animation like a short animation film that's focused on that one specific plot of the story and the fact that like witcher a you know the tv show is successful in its first season but then b like this tv or this animation film by all means from what i can tell from like the critical response and you know obviously we don't know how many views it's getting because netflix doesn't really report that they report it like once every like quarter or some yeah, shit like exactly. that um but uh like it seems the the movie is pretty successful i mean everyone i've talked to every all the articles i read seem to absolutely love it so that makes me in my nerdy brain and what we were talking about earlier that makes me think of you know we got a lord of the rings tv show coming out right mm -hmm. like about the second age you know about the cimmerillion a lot of stories you can choose from there but then Obviously, now I'm thinking about Game of Thrones. And Game of Thrones in particular has so much content within the story, overall story, where it's like, okay, I get why you can't, you know, make a TV series about like, you know, from the start of the the history of Westeros all the way until the end. Like, first of all, it'll be like 40 fucking seasons. And second of all, like, nobody, you know, no one has the attention span for that. <laughs> or at least you, you wouldn't think anyone had no, the attention yeah, exactly. span for that. You kind of have to, you, you but at the same the you have to consider people's time and what they have what they have available to them. Right. But then at the same time, you also can't make a thousand different TV shows like, oh, this is this show is going to dedicate to this plot. This show is going to dedicate to this plot. This this show this show is going to dedicate to this plot. Like, yeah, you can do that for like a couple of shows like and, and I'm speaking as someone who never gets enough of any of those three projects that I talked about. Like, <laughs> I don't care what form you throw out, what bullshit plot you want to go over. Like, if you release it, I'm watching it, I'm reading it, whatever I need to do to get more of that content, I'll get it. But even I can acknowledge, like, okay, if you make, like, 15 Game of Thrones, like, spinoff and prequel shows, that's a bit of overkill. Yeah. Like, restricting, like, the live action standpoint, right? So then here comes this new opportunity with animation films where it's like, okay, I don't have enough material 
to make like a legitimate long lasting spinoff TV show for this, but I do have more than enough material to make an extremely compelling, extremely rememberable animation film on this. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think what another issue is when it comes to doing that is like, so I, I love the idea and I wish they would do it more. Cause I feel like there's a lot of stories that they don't yeah. know how to tell physical like they don't know like how would we even do this kind of a special effect or like oh doing that kind of a thing would you know we would be paying so much money to the stunt doubles or you know it would take right a hundred different programmers to get it to like or like uh, special effects artists even make it come close to being real so like there yeah and so like i think that would be definitely an option but like the only problem is is like if you like keep doing it then does it kind of like wear out the like the interest of it where now we're expecting more from like the animators than we are from actual like live action. Um, no, I, well, but, but like, well, yeah, well, no, the I only, get the only example I have of this is um, a couple of years back. They made an animated movie of the killing joke. And the yeah. killing joke is really <laughs> only like 25 pages long for a graphic novel. It's yeah. a short, short graphic novel. And they mm-hmm. didn't know how to fill a full hour and a half. And so they make this yeah, so that's weird what... ass love story between Barbara and uh, that makes no goddamn sense. And I understand no why they put it sense. in there and I understand their mentality and what kind of story they're trying to tell. But it was a bullshit story because she doesn't. And so it's just. Oh, hold on, yeah, no, Steven. You're... Give me a second. Someone just rang my doorbell. Two hours later. Back to uh, back to. The Witcher. We had a little bit of technical issue. Sorry about um, that. On our last call, but that's fine. Uh, there's there's always the next day, so we made it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the I forget what we were talking about last time. I think I was talking about uh, the issue with, um, you know, with if you have a if you have content that you you want to make into an animated movie, but it's yeah. not long enough to be an animated yeah. movie. Yeah. Then it's like then there's people who take liberties with it. Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to be true to the art or true to the, the the material, then you can't really allow too much outside of those boxes, I think would be the main issue is mm-hmm. if we kept pushing for people to make animated movies, because then they're like, well, if it's only a 20 page comic, it's like, well, I can't make this, this into an animated movie. Right. And so then it's like, how do I balance the cost in making an entire movie right. for something that may or may not hit a good fan base? Mm-hmm. Like, I think The Witcher, they knew it was going to be a good fan base because of the of henry cavill's witcher because yeah. he did a killer job in it right um, well so this was just like a obvious yes let's right, make this kind right. of a thing no i agree with you too that's a really good point and i i agree um and i think like when we were talking about it yesterday like this this comes from like when i talk without and just like assuming the other person understands my context um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a honest mistake um but like i was speaking uh, i was speaking about it under the context of what you just explained like if the project is big enough to where like like for instance I brought up Game of Thrones like Game of Thrones is the perfect thing to bring up because Game of Thrones has so much content you can pull from it has you know numerous books short novels graphic not or graphic comics like it has all sorts of different outlets you can pull different plots from same with The Witcher Witcher has an endless amount of content and same with like Lord of the Rings but if you're going to do like a one off like I don't know what I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. Like, uh, I don't know, like say the beginning after the end, <laughs> even the beginning after yeah, the end, like, like, um, 
even though you probably could make an animation movie work, you know, find a plot to do it on, like it wouldn't be as ideal as say something like Game of Thrones because beginning after the end only has the manhwa and then a couple of short novels that are actually, you know, when you actually look at the size of the novels, they're really short. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's really not yeah. hard to read through them. Like that yeah, would, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely called a light novel for a reason. Right. So. Like that would be hard to, um, that would be kind of hard to make an anime film on in terms of making sure you pull all the necessary material you need for it. But as long as the project that you're, like kind of looking at or seeing it like what ways you can kind of bring it to life as long as that project is big enough and has the fan base for it those are the shows i'm talking about or those are the projects i mean like these studios need to really kind of think hard about which ways they can bring it to life or not but like if, yeah, if it's a exactly if it's a show that you know if it's a show where like the original source material like just started or it doesn't have that big of a fan base like that wouldn't be ideal but things like Game yeah. of Thrones, Witcher, Lord of the Rings, you know, uh, Batman, like everything pretty much <laughs> covering Batman or DC and Marvel comics. Like like those are things that are ideal because there's so much material to pull from. Yeah, no, I would I would be all in if they decided to do a like either just like an, a good Justice League movie of the actual origins of the Justice League and do that in an anime <sighs> animated series on Netflix. Yeah um even base it off of either like the new 52 or the rebirth or like either one of those series would be fine yeah um but one thing that i have been dying for someone to make is like a good like high-end anime of uh batman beyond yeah like the one that was done in the 2000s with terror like that one on wb was magnificent it was loved it because it was such a callback to the uh late 1990s animated batman mm-hmm. like per- same art style everything was so similar but just in a futuristic sense remember the, and it was just beautiful. remember the joker remember the joker was it that a movie or a, a, a return it, it was it was a movie called return of the joker yeah, return of the joker it's such a good movie so like good. amazing that was and so like it's 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 those series that i think would thrive in this in this material i don't think like every movie can be animated but when it comes to superheroes or anything that's mythical and that's just would take so much so many man hours and so much just product material to put it to bring it to life yeah switch that over to freaking digital and you can make anything yeah and it's like yeah it still takes like i'm not i'm not a talented artist in any sense so i don't know what it takes to you know draw this stuff but like with most computer operated machinery like computer programs can fill in the gap so you don't have to do it every single motion like they used to back in the day yeah and so this would be such an opportunity so we could get away from trying to make live action movies try to match up to a comic which is just not realistic right and i think that's the biggest issue hollywood has like they haven't accepted that fact or they're they're starting to now but you know historically speaking they didn't really accept that fact of like sometimes making an animation film is like just as viable as making a live um a live action film but you have to be smart and you have to be honest with yourself you know as you know a member, you know, yeah. as a studio head, of course, like you have to be honest and you have to be, you know, you have to be thoughtful in the sense of like really asking yourself, like, would it actually work if we made this a live action? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're they're that's the yeah. problem with Hollywood. They have so many adaptions of like comics and video games that just absolutely sucked. <laughs> like were just terrible oh, yeah. when they came to the big screen. And I guarantee you could, you know, I guarantee you could find an endless amount of those examples and look at those and i guarantee more times than not you're going to go away with the opinion of i bet you that would have worked if they made that an animation film yeah exactly uh but to to go back to the witcher for a quick second um in that movie if you had to pick out one moment like one scene in the whole movie what do you think was like the perfect one or like a really well done scene in the whole movie. oh this is easy for me the kiss between um vesemir and iliana that that moment i just loved because it wasn't like he didn't see his his childhood sweetheart mm-hmm. as as this older woman he still saw liliana the moment he left her at the village that night yeah. like it was still liliana it wasn't oh my god you've aged he just saw his true love for like the first time in years after being tormented to become a witch. Exactly. And it, and it, um, it really brought out, you know, to your point earlier about like the animation being so beautiful, it really further emphasized it to me because one of the things like everybody has something different that they look for in an animation. Like, you know, some people are obsessed with how does their hair look, you know, how do, how does their, you know, how does their body look? They, people have different physical features that they kind of look for in animation to judge whether or not the animation looks good. And for me, it's always been the eyes. And that, that probably goes back to Naruto and how much they used to emphasize like the Sharingan and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. But for me, like if, if like your eyes look lit in the animation, like I know this is quality to me, like in terms of how it looks visually speaking oh yeah yeah no like if 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 at any point they ever skimp on how the eyes look yeah i'm like eh, this isn't because like so you can tell so much just through a character's yeah. eyes and if you don't put the detail into that area every single line they deliver is just going to fall flat because it's not going to deliver the way you want it to. exactly and it's like in that scene really showed me because they first they zoom in on vesemir's eyes and then they zoom in on iliana's eyes and to further emphasize the point that you made earlier, like I, I couldn't agree more about what you said about how like in that scene, he's not seeing, you know, um, like his child or, you know, what I mean, he's not seeing like an old woman or anything yeah. that all he's seeing mm-hmm. is the woman who's been the love of his life his whole time, like since he's been alive. And what further emphasized that to me is like because they showed the eyes the way that they showed it, like it was very clear to me. He's not looking at her wrinkles, you know, he's not, you know, looking at, you know, any other aspect of her body that might show how much she's aged. He's looking directly into her eyes and she's looking directly into his eyes. And that's all they see. Yeah, exactly. And like that, I just I was talking to a friend of mine today on at work and uh, we were we were talking about this movie and she was like, that that was also her favorite part as well. Um, but for me, my favorite part was, uh, when, uh, Vesemir and, uh, you're going to have to help me out with this. The, the evil witch woman. Oh, uh, uh, fuck. I, for it, I think it starts with a V. I forgot what her name is. <laughs> I know you're talking about that. Anyway. Yeah, but anyway, the, the evil witch woman who I can't remember the name of, uh, she's like telling the story of her encounter with a witcher, mm-hmm. which is where um, there was a sick king and they brought a witcher in and 
they accuse this one woman who was like quote unquote a, a sorcerer of the town who is always considered the troublemaker and they killed her and then they quickly found out later that it was actually the chef poisoning the king and he got a cut of the witcher's money yeah. for faking this like possession or this spell that was supposedly happening and it just showed this the darkness of a witcher because like in my head because when i was first introduced to the witcher i was it was when witcher 3 came out and in that one you kind of learn about how everyone hates the witcher and it's just you're they see them as like a plague they don't want to be associated with them they just assume that they're in for the coin and if there's no coin involved there's no point in talking to them kind right. of a thing and so like i always see i always saw them as the victim but then when i saw that scene i was like oh shit it can be both ways yeah. they can they can manipulate a village into thinking oh you have a certain demonic possession or or you're being plagued by this one creature and i can kill it for you if you give me a little coin and they just have to believe him. They just have to assume that he's correct. Yeah. And when results come out that prove that he is correct, and they're like, well, we guess we'll pay you. And so it's kind of like how there can be, quote unquote, good witchers and bad witchers, like the ones who just con each other. And even Vesemir, who is kind of, you know, he's a little corrupt, too. And he he's willing to go around, like kind of on the dirty, dark side, too, mostly because I think uh, Daeglin taught him to do mm -hmm. that. Um but he's like, oh, that's that's a pretty good con. I wish I had thought of it myself. Yeah. And and it's just kind of makes me wonder. I'm like, oh shit, what kind of shit did Vesemir do when he was younger? Yeah, and then remember she looks back at him and she's like, see, corruption. And then she like walks away. Yep. And Vesemir's like, damn, she's right. <laughs> yeah, it, it is corruption. And then it just it just boggles my mind. But like the whole the movie as a whole, I just like every moment I enjoyed like. I, if if this was like a four hour movie, I would watch all of it. Oh, without like, a doubt. Without, without a doubt, like, like there's no way this is gonna be the only one. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna start releasing a couple because there's a lot of uh, prequel Witcher material mm -hmm. that like we never. So like I don't know if you know this, but um, and for the people that are listening, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but this movie actually isn't canon. Um, as in like it's not in the source material. Uh, like oh, like there there isn't mention of any of this in his book. The, the only thing that's mentioned is the sack of Karamora. Oh, okay. So like they just kind of took exactly, that and, and they just made and, and just kind of made yeah, they just okay. made liberties with it. But but at the same time, like they respected the material enough to do it in a way that's like extremely believable. And I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up because you know sometimes with projects and anyone who's like a huge fanboy or fangirl, don't come in my head. I'm just giving an example here. But um you know how with some <laughs> projects they'll tell you some well, we talked about this, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know how some projects they'll tell you this isn't gonna be canon or this isn't canon or that's not canon. And then if it's popular enough, they end up making it canon. Like yep. I could totally see that happening with this Witcher movie. Like they never, I don't think anyway that they, I might have to like go back and reread it. It's been a minute since I've read those books, but I don't think it was ever explicitly stated how exactly the sack of Karamora happened. Yeah, no, I would be, I would be interested to see, cause I have a couple of the audiobooks of, uh, of the Witcher and I think I got into a habit cause I was reading them in the order that they were released, mm -hmm. I think, and not um chronologically in the right, right that, and that's the confusing part because the and th and that's where it gets really confusing if you're not paying right because everyone assumes that last wish um i think that's the first one 
the first book. They, yeah, they always yeah. assume that that's the book you start off with, but like that book is literally just a bunch of random short stories that take place all throughout the timeline. Yeah, so like I definitely have to go back through it, and I think you sent me a list of the ones that like the correct order I need to listen to. Yeah, them in. Uh, but yeah, no, like every single time I, I like kind of come back into the Witcher world. Mm-hmm. It just it blows my mind with how much material is out yeah. there. Um, so like with and no go ahead. And, and I was just gonna like I and like I haven't even like touched Witcher two or <laughs> Witcher three, and I know Witcher three has like four or five DLC packs mm-hmm. to go along with it, and it's just like, I it it's so like daunting sometimes oh, uh, yeah. to like look at that much material and be like it's just like with mm-hmm. comics. It's like if you're like want to get into comics and you have no idea where to start, but it's like I have you just have to like kind of just swan dive into it and just figure it out. As I'm you go. literally going through that right now. Um, I just recently started a new manhwa on webtoon on the webtoon app. It's called. I don't know if this is how it's pronounced, but I've never heard anyone say the name out loud. So like, I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's called Elicide. It's either Elicide or Elicide, one of those two. But dude, it's okay. like 156 chapters. <laughs> Oh, and, like, and it's still going. So I'm like, damn, dude, I got a lot of binging to catch up on. But it, 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 not since Tower of God have I had this many chapters ahead of me to read at once. It's like I'm actually kind of pumped for it. Yeah, and like, and there, and there is that other side of it as well that you can be really excited for that much material. But like for for me, it just sometimes just becomes so daunting. And yeah. I think it's just because it's like, oh, here's another thing that I have to find my find time to wade my way through right. it. And like I've tried to do audiobooks for The Witcher while I was doing like my mm. job or doing something like that. But it's like if I ever wasn't paying attention to the book and I got really deep into what I was working on and then tried to go back to the book, I would have missed like 30 minutes of actual content I should have been listening exactly. to. And it's hard to figure out where exactly you stopped paying attention with an audiobook. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can kind of tell when you're reading an actual book, you can just be like, I've, sta- I've been staring at the same page. Right. Let's just go back to the top and go back down. Whereas with audiobooks, it's just it's just continually flowing information coming into exactly. your head. Um, and especially if it's like the first time you're listening to it, you really want to focus in. But after you've listened to it once or twice, um, it just becomes, yeah. you know, just you can you can jump in and be like, oh, we're at that part. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but uh, I, I kind of wanted to touch on something that you mentioned because I was going to bring it up anyway, so I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, so like one of the things that I really appreciated about this movie, and it, it goes to you know your point about corruption and like the the whole Witcher's Guild. Um, like I like the fact to me the best stories are not stories where like one or two or three characters operate in the gray. Like, to me, the best story is a story where the vast majority of the characters, like, in the cast operate in the gray. Like, like each, like, every character is equally capable of doing something effed up and equally capable of doing something good. Like, those are the most fascinating stories to me. Because, like, if they're, most of the time they're good or most of the time they're bad, like, there's, there's no... You you don't have any expectation anymore because you already know what the what's gonna you know what I mean like there's no mystery yeah, yeah, to you it. Can, yeah, you can already you you already know the plot line even before right. it's done. It's just like okay, here we are. Let's continue on. Exactly. With it. So like for me, um, The Witcher. That's why The Witcher quickly became one of my favorite you know novel series of all time because almost all the characters, dude, almost all of them operate in the gray. 
and this like this example with the like the corruption with the witchers like that makes sense to me like that that i don't see that as something where it's like oh like i can't believe such like an you know such an honorable guild that slays monsters like i can't believe there are they're bad people like no think about what they're doing like you're not you're not gonna get a, a preacher's son to do this type of work <laughs> like, you know? no and like this is definitely not something that's for the light like for the faint of heart on mm-hmm. any level like they are legitimately doing this to survive exactly like they hunt monsters in order to put bread on the table and actually be able to sleep in a bed for a night right. like this is the only way that they can make ends meet and so it it doesn't surprise it i guess it doesn't surprise me that you know they're they're so seen as a a plight on the world but at the same time you kind of have to think it's like well you know people who do the dirty work are never usually the ones who are praised for what they're doing it's usually you know uh you know the government or the leadership that's like taking the praise of being like oh they cleaned up the city when actually they didn't do shit they just assigned people to clean up right and like in the witcher's case it would be like the lord is getting all the credit yeah the lord yeah exactly and like the lord or the lady of the of the of the city yeah i mean but and nine times out of ten it's usually their fault the shit's happening honestly (laughs) and that's why um that's one of the reasons why dan uh well in the in the uh novels he's called yaskir but uh in like the TV show and on the video game, they call him Dandelion. Um, yeah. Dandelion, however you want to pronounce it. There's a couple of pronunciations. Um, but that's one of the reasons why he's so important, like specifically to the story. And I, I don't think a lot of people, well, no, I won't say a lot of people, but I know because I've talked to people like, and like they'll literally talk about Dandelion as if he's just like, or Yaskier as if he's just, comic relief you know which to be fair he does have a lot of comedic moments and he does say really funny shit all the time but that's not the point of his character he his character the point of his character is to tell Geralt's story through songs like and so that's one of the people like people always ask me like my friends who just started watching the witcher or at the time had just started watching the witcher they would always ask me questions like why the hell is Geralt known everywhere and I'm like, because Dan Dillion is like a decently famous singer and he literally goes around singing bards about like Geralt's conquests and his hunting trips and like all like the crazy stuff that happens with Geralt, like in like his accomplishments, his failures, like Dandelion tells people all of that through his songs. So like they're constantly hearing these yeah. songs about the white wolf. And that's why everywhere he goes, people are like, oh, you're the famous white wolf. Yeah, which is yeah, that's fair. So, um, um, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I just I wanted to say something real quick. Um, before it leaves my train of thought. <laughs> no, go um, ahead. And to your point, uh, like about like you you thought it was a good thing that there was at least some reasoning for why the people kind of don't like the Witchers. I I couldn't agree mm-hmm. with that. I couldn't agree with that more because for me, um. Like it again, it emphasizes that each character kind of operates in the gray. And it, I hate those stories where people are just like ignorant and hateful just for the sake of it. Like, you look different to me, so I hate you. Like, there's that's not, it's kind of like just how they have a hatred for right, the elves, even though they've already like destroyed them in two wars or whatever. It's like that's and so, right. 
it's just no, no, no. I get you. Like, and like for me, like that's not fascinating to me. There's no psychological aspect to that. Like, you can't even work with that. Like, like if you see someone no. like that, you're like, no matter what I tell you, your mind's not going to change. Like, you're that deeply set in your ignorance that like if a person looks a certain way you just don't like them like i i don't like that and i like that witcher for the most part kind of at least as it pertains to the witchers specifically not i don't want to get into like the elves and the dwarves and all the other you know magical creatures out there but as it pertains specifically to the witchers like even if it may be an unreasonable argument, people still have at least something that they can say, like, this is the valid reason for why I don't like these fucking witchers. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like, they can like explain stories of like, this is what should happen. This is what happened to me or my town. And this is why I hate the witcher. And so like it, they can definitely tell that, you know, um, no matter where they go, they're going to have some hate. And like, there was even a scene where him and Luca were at a bar and they were just trying to get mm-hmm. drunk for the night. Cause it, they were just, you know, doing the thing. And some knight who has a quote unquote, more honor than him says like, Oh, some Lord or lady should have called on a knight with valor or whatever to, to, to save them, not some disgusting <laughs> mutant or whatever. And Vesemir just looks up and goes, Oh, is this the, uh, we don't like your kind. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's just become, he's, he's just gotten to the point now where he's just accustomed to be like, okay, what what pitch are they going to say? They like get out of our town, you're disgusting, or we don't like your kind. It's one of the two. It's like which road are we going to yeah. go down? And and it's just like he's not instigating anything. He's legitimately just having a good time with a fellow Witcher with two beautiful barmaids, and he's just trying to have a good time. But then of course somebody comes because he just they just they cause the confrontation because they just don't like yeah him. yeah exactly dude that's why i always get per- like i'm always per- completely perplexed by people like people in the fandom who like when if they see like a like when the witcher trailers first came out and they saw certain quote-unquote characters that didn't look the way they wanted them to look they started bitching on social media like oh sjw's oh they're making it political blah 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 blah. and i'm like i'm like have you paid attention to the witcher story the witcher story is nothing but political racism is nothing new in the witcher you literally the like within like the first chapter of the witcher they talk about racism (laughs) yeah and it's like it's 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 like it's pretty much embedded into the (laughs) storyline of all of the witcher is from what i've read so far but there's like this one part as we wrap up, there's just this one part that I love where um, like Vesemir takes over training for all of the oh, underlings yeah. that they were in the process of turn or they've been turned into witchers and now they're in the training method and they're trying to teach him sword works and all this stuff. And he pretty much like he throws like all like the quote unquote dog tags or the medallions of all the fallen yeah. witchers. And he's like, this is the last moment I'll allow you to hesitate um and he's pretty much telling him is like are you going to come with me or yeah. not and one of the children's looks at him and goes but they all hate <laughs> us and all vesemir says is there will always be another monster yep yep that's crazy which is like whether you're battling a ferocious werewolf or a close-minded idiot from some village in the corner of the world there's always some obstacle in your life that you're going to have to deal with yeah and you just have to pick yourself back that's... up and continue on down I the love road. that. And like that's how I took I it that. when he said that, but I just love that moment. Yeah, I love that dude. When he said and, that. And, and it's spot on with and and maybe and cuz like I don't know if it's like explicitly stated in the books, but from that scene like 
it, it, for me anyway, I can totally see that as I can totally see that aspect of Vesemir rubbing off on Geralt when he trained him because Geralt has a saying in the books that he says all the time, which is that like, yeah, I'm a monster hunter, but sometimes humans end up being the biggest monsters of all. Like, like he's, he yeah, says that over exactly. and over. It's like a repeated phrase throughout the series. And it's like a, a theme of the series. And like what you just said and the scene that you just brought up is like a perfect example. Um, so I just had one other quick thing I wanted to go over before we wrap up, Steve-O. Um, I wanted your yeah. thoughts on the voice acting. So for me, voice acting has always been like key and important to me. And I think we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. But for me, I loved um vesemir's mm -hmm. voice acting Theo james from what Theo james was amazing uh but the other one that i really enjoyed was Daglin's. oh yeah um which, uh uh garam isn't it garam mctavish yeah yeah yeah, yeah mctavish which if if you ever find him on social media every fourth of july i think he always posts the same three second video which is happy treason days, you ungrateful colonists, <laughs> which I find hilarious because he, he's British. And so it's just such a funny thing to put out on 4th of July yeah. every year. Um, but his voice acting is so well. It's a very gruff sounding mm -hmm. voice. It's just makes it sound. He sounds like he's lived a hundred right. lives and it's amazing. Dude, his, and I just, awesome. I just love that character. Yeah, no, he, he really is awesome. Uh, actually he just showed, I just, you know how I said yesterday, how like the most recent thing I saw him in was outlander that that's yeah. a lie because he's actually in the most recent season of Lucifer. Like he's in a couple, yeah, is he's he? in a couple of episodes and he's, his character is actually really memorable. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. And so, like, for me, those those are like the two biggest voice actors in the series. Nolan North was in it. I think he was actually the knight in the bar when he said, like, "Oh, he they should have called on some <laughs> knight with honor yeah. or whatever." I think that's actually Nolan North's voice. Uh, I would have to double check that, but it's just kind of interesting whenever you just come across him in random. He's in like the most random projects across the board. He's like everywhere. Yeah. Uh. But no, like for me, the voice acting I thought was spot on. Um, I don't know if you you agree or disagree. Oh, with I that. agree one hundred percent. Um, uh, and like I I liked the I liked um Mary McDonald too. She played uh Lady Z, what is it Zerbit or Zerbst? I always get these names effed up. Yeah, yeah. And, and then Lady Laura Zerbst. Pulver who played Tetra. That was the the evil witch. Um, she played Tetra. She's phenomenal. I love Laura Pulver. Um, I don't know if you ever watched this show, but she was from this show called Da Vinci's Demons. Um, it was on, no, it I was didn't on stars. That. It was a couple seasons. Um, and it was about Da Vinci, like the early life of Da Vinci. Um, obviously they took a shit load of liberties with it. <laughs> like they had like magic and all this other shit, but like, it was really good. And I loved her. She played, uh, she played, she was like married to, um, Lorenzo, uh, she was married to Lorenzo Medici. Um, and the Medici's are like one of the most famous houses in the history of Italy. So like, oh, oh, do you, do you mean Medici? Yeah, Medici, yeah, <laughs> Medici. Medici. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so she played like his wife or whatnot, and she she was just really good. But um, she, I thought her voice acting was excellent. Her and Theo James, like I knew something. Like I was getting such a familiar sound from them. They actually both voice acted for uh, Castlevania too. Yeah, so the 
Oh no, yeah, Theo, Theo James Trevor was, Belmont, and then and then Trevor. Laura Pulver was like the evil vampire chick who took over for who like overthrew oh my God. Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Now I hear. Yeah, that. right. That's right? crazy. That's crazy. Oh. Like this is what I love about voice actors is they can just slightly manipulate their voice to be a different yeah. person. It's amazing. Absolutely. No, in um. And you know what was crazy about this that we talked about about Castlevania when it came out is one of the things that was so striking about the voice acting for me in this movie. And it's going to sound so fucking weird to the people listening. So, like, please bear with me and try to have an open mind here. But, like, the way they whispered. Like, like the voice, like, there were certain points in the movie where they were, like, really soft-spoken and, like, the tone was very quiet, almost like a whisper. And something about the way Theo James's voice and, like, Laura Pulver's voice, like, when they whisper, like, it sounds like, I don't know, it's, like, euphoric almost. It's, like, euphoric sounding. Well, yeah, because I think, I think they finally found that perfect way of making it sound like he's speaking to the, the, to the audience. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like that normal thing you would do when you're just thinking to yourself yeah. and you just have that like that moment of just like just muttering something to yourself. Yeah, it's and you feel like you're like part of their conscious like thought. Right, process. dude, and it sounds so good. Like it sounds so it sounds like soothing and relaxing and like um it it yeah. was the same way in Castle in Castlevania. Like, um is that am I saying that right? Is it Castlevania? I always get confused, like Castlevania, Castle Nova, like what is it's, it's okay, good. I got it right. All right. Um. So like, it's the same thing in that one because you remember me and you talked about how uh Theo James and the voice actor who plays Isaac, how like they both have yeah. like amazing like whisper sounding like whisper sounding voices like when they whisper when they get quiet yeah, like their voices was... sounded so elegant and refined. Yeah, it was like almost as if they were like from a proper right, right, dude. Oh my god, I could not get enough of that. I'm like, dude, am I a creep for being so like, <laughs> like pumped up? No, by how I, these just, people I just, I just think it just, I think it's just a level of allowing yourself to just be brought into that world even right. more, and so that way you're not even. It's not just like delivering another line. It's more or less your, um you're like kind of in their head and just like listening to them, how they think. And it's just, I think just another level of like, like an art form or like the ability to present it in that way. I think it's honestly like, and I think off the top of my head, like I try to think of two English voice actors who I'm, I, whose portrayals I've liked more than Theo James, um, particularly just cause he's been, um, Theo James and Laura Pulver just because, or Laura Pulver, because they've been in Castlevania and now in this, so like they're fresh in my mind, mm-hmm. is in yeah. My Hero Academia, the two voice actors that I absolutely adore, don't, I like the guy who does Endeavor, don't get me wrong, he's great too, but like the two yeah. that I absolutely adore, the voice actor who plays Mirio and the voice actor who plays Hawks. Oh my god. God. Oh God, I love Hawks, dude. That voice act, like that voice actor, is so phenomenal, dude. In that Endeavor fight, the way that he's like pumping up Endeavor and like you know, kind of like trying to give him like a pep speech to get him like going, like it just sounded so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, no, like it was that. Yeah, for for me, I think I think the voice acting for 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 uh, excuse me, uh, 
the Witcher was was a hundred percent spot on. There was nothing about it that I yeah. didn't like. It was just phenomenal from beginning to end in my Across opinion. The board. All right. So um I think we're good to wrap up if you're if you are, Steve. Yeah, no, I'm good. Um so next week, uh we're not really sure what we're gonna talk about next week, but I'm sure we'll find something and we'll let you guys know what we're gonna so talk I was about. Thinking, well, we can talk about it off. <laughs> Or, or if you have an idea, pitch it. Pitch it. You got, you got an elevator pitch. Give it. I was gonna say. I mean, since we're already kind of like towards this subject anyway, like this kind of leads into like a, a further discussion or a different discussion. Like I was thinking, maybe we could just talk about um, the upcoming House of Dragons series. Yeah, let's All do right, it. Cool. Well, yeah. So if you guys want to hear about more content similar to The Witcher, which Game of Thrones is, you know, tune in next week. Awesome. awesome. Alrighty, guys. Thanks for checking out this week's episode. Awesome sauce, bro. <laughs> is that gonna is that gonna be my outro? That now? Should. Awesome sauce, bro. <laughs> Unreal. It's gonna be great. Hey guys, Steve here, doing a little post production work. I just wanted to add on to this episode. Uh, if you enjoy our content and want to help support us, please make sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Limitless Otaku, and please feel free to give us a follow over there. And uh, if you have any questions or thoughts about our show, please feel free to send us a tweet or send us a DM on Instagram. Alrighty, guys. Thanks again for checking out the show, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.